1: Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's
2: quince.com slash upgrade.
1: Hello, everyone. It is Redmen Originals podcast time. I'm Paul Meachin, Chris Pajak, Dan Club, and the returning Ben Kelly, the prodigal son. Hmm. Back from abroad. I'm not.
2: I'm not. I'm not going to complain about that nickname. That's that's nice. That'll do. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: The prodigious son probably would have been yeah. slightly better, but uh, nevertheless, <laughs> he's here. Um, yeah, right. Yeah, we're going to talk about Liverpool, Manchester United, because you know we kind of have to. Um, it was the last match, and that's the, the format of the podcast. Yeah, yeah. We'll also uh, talk a little bit about Kenny Dagley, she's going to be getting the Lifetime Achievement Award, uh, At Sports Personality of the Year, and look ahead to West Ham in the League Cup quarters on Wednesday night as well. But before we do, a couple of things. Uh, we've got a prize to give away we've been doing our daily prize draws for all the legend subscribers over on Redman Plus today's prize is Little at 100 uh, signed by the author himself uh, Peter Kenny Jones boss prize if you're um, listening
3: on audio it's not about the supermarket chain it is about Billy <laughs>
0: Both good books, though. So. <laughs> it might, it might, be, it might be both. I've only read half of it. Um, you know, uh, the second yeah. half really goes into the supermarket. <laughs> yes, uh, yeah, yeah. That chapter on the Middle aisle oh, no, Anything can happen. It's a real,
1: it's the really. real mixed bag. Um, so yeah, so we've got that. So we may as well, let, let, let's draw that now for everyone who's on the wheel of names. So we will get the wheel up um, and let's get a little drum roll going, please. Ooh. Congratulations! Aye, well, well done, well done, well done. Yes, you have won a signed copy of Little at one hundred. Well done, uh, Dan. We'll be getting that over to you uh, as soon as is humanly possible. Congratulations. Um, do we know what else we've still got to
0: come? Cool. The ibu, ibu Kanate signed shirt. When's that? That's Christmas Day. That's Christmas Day. Cool. Yeah that would be a good drawing on Boxing Day though, of, course. of course unless you want to come in Christmas <laughs> Day and draw yeah, it yeah. um, yeah. and yeah Cali Prince a couple more of them one more set of Beers of Anfield Road mats as well um, and yeah a couple more books in there too a good week's worth of amazing Liverpool gear to be
1: given away so plenty of time to get yourself on the wheel of names for the remaining draws uh, including as I said the Ibu Canarte one on Boxing Day as well so go to redmanplus.com and sign up uh, another thing to tell you about: we have announced another date it's not is it not can I call it a tour now <laughs> we're going it's to,
3: definitely a tour we're now. going to
1: three different countries that's like that's a tour that's definitely a tour so in addition to us going to uh, to play at Belfast and uh, in Dublin we've actually got uh, an event in London as well on the 24th of April um, so if you want to get involved with that go to Ticketmaster. there just type in Redmen TV which is just so cool or you can go on the, uh, the, the it's at the Indigo at the O2 um, so if you go on the O2 uh, event webpage, you can actually see us there in the list of all the events as well which is pretty cool uh, but yeah if you're in London and you want to come and see us live uh, and you were disappointed that we were only going to uh, the Republic and Northern Ireland well you know there you go we're coming to London as well so grab your tickets chance to grab yourself a little uh, Lake Crimbo Prezi in there as well uh, because you know you don't actually have to have a physical thing you can just do that Great. So you we'll go on to Sick anyway and search Redman TV and all three of those events will come up. Yes. Right. Okay, we've procrastinated enough around this. Let's dive into it. Um Chris Page, it was a drab old game of football at Anfield. Liverpool drew nil nil with Manchester United.
3: Yeah, the first twenty minutes though were uh, I thought we were brilliant. I thought we absolutely dominated them. I thought the atmosphere was there. I thought everything about us, the urgency from the from the from us kicking off. It goes out, does it go out for a corner almost mm-hmm. within thirty mm-hmm. seconds or something? And everything just felt right. It felt like they were nervous. It felt like we were going to take the game by the scruff of the neck. And the more and more it went on without us scoring, you could see them getting a little bit of something from it. Um, and ultimately, it does end up a little bit, um, all right, a lot annoying.
2: Yeah. How are you feeling
3: in general, Ben?
2: Um, I, I, don't, I think with the benefit of hindsight having now slept on it it's not the type of result that completely ruins a season but it is very annoying especially given City's result as well on Saturday because uh, really you know, obviously it's only a matter of time maybe until we have to start taking Villa seriously but it's City, it's, it's City and Arsenal that you're keeping an eye on but really still in the back of my mind it's still only City that I'm kind of watching mm-hmm. the gap Still, and maybe that's wrong. Maybe that's completely underestimating Arsenal at this point. We've got to play them on Saturday, so you know that'll be that'll be a big game now. Um, but you know, given that they dropped two on Saturday, Man City, that felt like a real big opportunity to go because whether we like it or not, City will just beat United at home. That's what they do. And mm-hmm. when 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 you when you look at. You know, as I often do, you look at how we're doing in games compared to them. You know, we'll pick up points where they drop some, and, and vice versa. You know, they, they United shit the bed at every single Merseyside derby at the moment, and City will just beat them at home whenever that game is. Mm-hmm. So there's 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 two points potentially that we're going to drop in comparison to the corresponding fixture for them. So that's the frustrating thing. I don't think that in the context of our week, I think if we if we win on Wednesday and win again on Saturday, you know, and we've taken. Uh, four points from the six league games and we're in a League Cup semi-final on Christmas Day and we'll be top of the league we win on Saturday I, like, I think we can all move on very quickly and the other thing is if you take it as if to say well if we'd drawn at Palace and then won yesterday we'd all be buzzing now and <laughs> yeah. you know it, it's four points in those two games it would have been great to be six but you know uh, I, I don't think it's the end of the world. Yeah, I think we would... I mean, actually, you know what, Dan, just give me your general thoughts and I'll I'll pull it apart
1: a
0: little bit more. Yeah, listen, it was very frustrating. It was quite a difficult watch at times because we were so dominant when it comes to sort of momentum and possession and all those sort of things. I mean, 34 shots, eight on target. You know, when you look at 34 shots and how often we were getting the ball to our key dangerous players in the final third, you'd expect more. So it was frustrating. So often they made the wrong decision, they picked the wrong pass, or the execution wasn't there. And yeah, for some of the big players, I think some Bosle and Salah particularly are very Poor off days by yeah. their usually very high standards so really frustrating but in the grander scheme of things similar to Ben having slept and I live through it yesterday obviously in the watch along and then the post match stuff and then this morning again but grander scheme of things it's not a catastrophe I think I often say you should be allowed to draw games of football certainly when it comes to your rivals albeit made all the more disappointing by the golfing class between us now because we're obviously so far ahead of Manchester United we're, we're clear of where they would like to be in terms of the league table and in terms of football clubs but yeah i think annoying more than anything else but ultimately the type of result whereby if we can sort of put it to bed this week and pick up two big wins, and I don't think it'll look too bad. With yeah, hindsight. I, I kind of, I kind of tend to agree.
1: I was, I wasn't angry walking off the ground. I was just a bit like meh, and it felt like one of them games that we've seen time and time again. Where, mm-hmm. and it, there was there's, the, the the fellas who sit behind me were talking throughout it, and like one of them going like, one is quite a positive guy, and you other the one really struggles with the positivity of it all when it's not going absolutely our way at all times. You, you get a bit panicky about it, but it's that notion. Of, so like the plenty of time there's plenty of time plenty of time now what we've become good at on the end, Klopp is that being a thing so there's always there's always enough time for a goal we'll always find a way to score um, but this was just one of the games where we didn't and, and it I, it felt like that you know particularly with when there's like, it was like 60 minutes played and you're going <sighs> I don't really feel like we're doing anything here that's going to make us I never felt confident that we were going to un- unlock them now there's been plenty of those games where I've not felt bad and then we actually just have mm. but that was a real yeah I was just a bit like I didn't again, I didn't feel angry about it because I'll be honest I psyched myself up pre-game with the notion of the only way Man United could win that game was to win that game and I knew they were going to go defensive the closer it got to the game it became quite evident that's what they were going to do And as much as I'm seeing their fans almost celebrating it like a win, which I think is hilarious to have grown up in an era where Manchester United Mm. were so much better than us and now we're in a world where they're buzzing to get a point at Anfield. I think that there's... Yeah, that's where they're at. And I am still one of those kind of people who takes enjoyment from Man United being shite. So actually, I'm annoyed that we didn't win the game, but also there's a little part of me that's quite... Morbidly, quite happy with how happy they are with it because it's a stark reminder that they're rubbish and that doesn't put more points on the table for Liverpool, it doesn't keep us top of the Premier League table. Mm. But I can be a bit laissez faire about the whole thing and some of the points you guys have made as well. That if you want if you told me, start of the season, you're going into one game before Christmas, a point behind, yeah, yeah, you know.
2: Still four ahead of City, and that's yeah. that's the key
0: thing as well. Because I'm with you. I think City, although Arsenal are clearly a force we reckon with this season, and they're very much looking like the real deal. Get me in a title race for Arsenal all day long mm. like 100% City they continue to drop points we've got a chance to be even further clear ahead of them do them playing now for two weeks obviously the Club World Cup and that sort of stuff so yeah add a bit in your hand off for that and that's important to remember like we've sat here for weeks now saying Liverpool ahead of schedule how we found ourselves top of the league when we were of course so we can't be too down Pete when we get a result like this and especially against Manchester United albeit a weak Manchester United so sort of nowhere near what they would like to be but it's still Manchester United and yeah. they're still gonna to fight tooth and nail to get a result And they did that yesterday to their credit, you know, they did show up and put in a relatively strong defensive performance. Well let's talk about Man United's performance,
1: tactics, set up and what have you, Chris. What did you what did you make of it?
3: It's fairly predictable, to be honest with you. I think we, we knew they were going to make it difficult for us. I think the, the big surprise for me came from how Liverpool decided to attack them more than anything. You know, The, the complete lack of Trent in midfield in the first half. Um, obviously, Trent just sticking to that eight-hand side. I thought we knew what they were going to do, I thought Luke Shaw was going to stick to Mo Salah as strong as he could. Uh, and he's done well in previous games against mm. Mo. So, um, it, But when I come back to my sort of general feelings on it, I've got to say, there's still massive disappointment there for me in the performance that we put in. Um, Because I get the grand scheme of things thinking and all that type of stuff but they were there for taking yesterday Mm. you know had we been better we'd have walked away with three points there had we made better decisions in the final third had our forwards played better and our forwards been able to put the ball at the goalkeeper more put him under more pressure he was there to to be Mm -hmm. at and and that's the big thing for me I mean Mo Salah Darwin Nunes another another poor game for both of them Mm. and Mo you mentioned it man Mo was Mo was atrocious yesterday. Absolutely fucking atrocious. Like and I don't think game's been particularly good for you know two months now. Arguably all season to be honest with you But his impact has always never waned. But it is at the moment. He's starting to go through it. We know that Nunes is now a ten game run without scoring a goal and stuff like that. If you want a challenge for the title, you can't have. Your centre forward going through a ten-game goal str- drought. It's just not gonna. It's just not gonna be easy. Now we've recovered goals from midfield and goals from defenders in the last couple of weeks. We weren't able to get that today. That's when the forwards after well, yesterday. That's when the forwards have to step up. They have to be your bread and butter. Mm. And when they don't score, your midfield steps up. Not four games on the bounce. Your midfielders and defenders winning, winning your games and of that,
1: football. And we were talking about this about Liverpool overperforming the next year outside the box but the thing is it's still difficult so if that's how you're you're planning on winning games you're not going to win every game it should be it's an it's a, it gets you out of trouble every now and again or you know at one in three you use that as a as, as a tool to win a football match its like set pieces you know you've got to have a full set of strings to your bow yeah. my, my thing again it goes back to the, the the lack of disappointment oh overall this or well, anger I should say on it Ben is that United played part of the bus tactics and look I think I said this in the post-match video. Play football however you want. People can do whatever they want to get to get out of it, and I, I do find it a bit laughable for how they've been constructed. They're going through a bit of an injury crisis. They've got a bit of some, some problems. They're a mess of a football club. Yada yada yada. You know, other better better managers have come to Anfield and tried to stifle mm. Liverpool to get out of there with it, get out of there with a point. But it's. We've come out off the back of, a, of what on paper was an easy run of fixtures that have actually ended up being quite difficult because Fulham actually were probably the, the best footballing side we came up against in that period. Mm. And actually they got the, the goals to, to show for it as well. But what we did was we had two teams before that in Palace and Sheffield United who just mission was stop Liverpool from scoring, get loads of men behind the ball. And I've said this time and time again, we play... Stoke and Burnley and God knows how many of those things. West Brom would do it in alternate seasons when a team that's got Raphael Varane at centre half and okay yeah they're not the best Man United players of all time but they've still got you know Amber Batten they've got whatever in, in there they've got good defensive players Johnny Evans is a good defensive mm. centre half and they're told just to defend well you are going to you are gonna have a tough time breaking them down so that's my kind of uh, 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 it's not excusing the the because I think Chris is right mm. they're there for the taking but actually they Weren't there for the taking, it did have been there for the taking if they'd come out and try to play football yeah, against us. They tried to make themselves not there for the taking, and it and it worked. But, but I but, think their yeah.
2: injuries and suspensions made that very easy to see. I think you know, if they had Fernandez available, if they had Rashford fully fit, you know, they would have it. I wish have, they had fucking ten, Maguire ten available because they'd have probably yeah. played Maguire over Veran because he's stupid. Ten had ten had would have had more of a decision to make if those players were yeah. available, and so actually, his game plan and his setup was very easy yesterday because you know. The reality was that they didn't have the players on the pitch to have a real go. And to be fair, probably I can't, I can't remember exactly, but sort of midway through the second half, three quarters through the game, there was a ten-minute period where they did start to play and there, it become a bit more like a basketball game. And they had, they had the chance for Allison made the save. Um, the problem is that they've got is that Anthony has no end product, mm-hmm. so so he is the outlet, and he's and he's he's faster accelerating, and then people catch him, and he wants to cut inside, which Aaron Robin did for years, uh, but. The, the problem is that Aaron Robert could go the other way if he wanted to. Everybody knows that Anthony's going to try and cut in and he does it every single time. Um, Hoyland, you know, is obviously had a stuck, tough start. I think they should try and... Stick with him. I, I think there's something there with him, but obviously he has, the, he has the chance and he does a lot of things right, really. And Alison makes a good save. But I think, I think yeah, not, particularly not having Bruno available, I, you know, we, we did kind of joke about it early in the week, but I, did, I think it did help them because it just meant that he played three workhorses well, in that's, the field. That's, that's, that's you yeah. know, Amrabat, I thought, probably had his best game so far for United and that Manu Both of them were on bookings from mm-hmm. the first yeah. half, and I thought they both managed that very well. And McTominay, I think, you know, he's having a good season. I don't think McTominay's a bad player. I watch him for Scotland as well, and he's good. And he's you know he's, he's important for Scotland, and I think actually it, we were joked about it earlier in the week. You know people on Twitter and all that, but Bruno Bruno would have been a problem for them yesterday because mm. he wouldn't have done the running that the other three did. So it, it did it. I think it did help them. Mm. Yeah, I mean that that I mean that's
1: that's right, isn't it? Ultimately, is that circumstances circumstances have conspired that Ten Hag couldn't afford to get battered mm. because he just loses job. Yeah. Is it, that's how precarious it is? You know, if they get another like it doesn't have to be mm. a seven then he's in, he's in a world of trouble and Man United are in a huge mess you know, mm-hmm. we've done this a lot in the last week or two they're in a weird position where they can't really sack him because they're still waiting on the takeover stuff to go through and who they, who they want to take over blah 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 um, but it actually can, it conspired almost in his favour it was a free hit for him to come to Anfield and again look, at, look how their fans are treating it after the fact they're absolutely made up so he's actually done the right thing his, his, his standing's probably gone up off the back of that whereas you can't he's not gonna he's not go he's no he's going nowhere this season if that's how he's gonna play.
0: I mean I don't think he's gonna play that way every week, no. but you know. No, but his hand was forced in the best possible way, wasn't it, in terms of that they were the cards he dealt in terms of his team selection, obviously suspension to Bruno and stuff like that. And you're right, United fans, no one's even backed an eyelid at the fact they came to Anfield and put eleven men behind the ball essentially for the entire duration of the game and even time wasting and stuff like that. I know Virgil van Dijk had a go at Onana at half time the they've had to play about twenty minutes worth of the first half. But yeah, United fans are absolutely in love with that result because I think if they hadn't had the injury, say they'd have had sort of a full selection to choose from they might have looked at it slightly differently potentially but because of the problems they had facing that game they've looked at it and gone well that's all they could do yeah. You know, let's get out of there at a point and sort of be if happy done with done that, that with a full continuous different conversation yeah, potentially yeah absolutely yeah certainly with Bruno but you're right I think had Bruno been available he would have been more of a problem to them because he doesn't do the running he doesn't do anywhere near like the work that those lads did yesterday but I do I just slightly fall hand with Chris in terms of United were pretty resolute defensively, and what they did do well was get back into shape when they'd lost the balls. So that transition was never really on for Liverpool. However, when we have such a lion's share possession and we enter their final third so often and when that final pass was on so often just badly executed or the wrong decision made yeah. that's where the frustration creeps in because Liverpool had the ball enough times at Diaz's feet, at Nunez's feet, at Salah's feet at Bozzi- to hurt them time and time again and we just kept getting it wrong. not very often did the United player produce like a world-class lastest tackle the yeah. denials or anything like that it was us making the errors time and time again and that's where the frustration creeps in
3: yeah. there were so many of them wasn't The one that stands out to me is Sabozlai running between the centre half and the right back and Salah with the ball at his feet and he tries to play a right-footed pass into Sabozlai and basically falls over the fucking ball as he's playing the pass. And you're like... Mm. Oh my God! It's just a really mm. simple five-yard pass, yeah. and there was so many times during the game where Salah, in particular, did that. And you just like you can't you can't do that if you want to win the game. Mm. So and Salah were both shite yeah, on that t- right hand side. Bosley had
0: two or three. And what what's interesting about that is so much of our play was focused down the right because that's where Trent, Bosley, and Salah are. So why wouldn't you? But Trent, not necessarily in this conversation, but Bosley and Salah were having such off days, they were on different yeah. wavelengths. So Bosley tried a couple of flicks around the corner, and Salah wasn't there. He tried just, to beat a man working. and, and, and back-heeled it away from himself. Yes. In he the, did yeah, 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 yeah. stinker in the, the Diaz yeah. comes yeah. into this conversation as well because I thought Diaz had an okay game, but there were two moments, I think both in the second half, where he was, it was one-on-one with Dallow, it was. And he could have gone down the outside of him both times and he cut in. And I read it from the studio, let alone Dallow inside the ground. And he just took it off him both times. It's like, yeah. go down the
3: outside of someone, please. It was so, so frustrating. But well, when Salah had it, and I know it cost us but you look at where the players oh, were in the, the middle. Worst. And you're thinking there's two lads in the six-yard yeah. box there if you just play a ball into Tim McCasson and, and, you know, the like it is. Yeah, <laughs> you see what happens. Just like, it's so frustrating when I don't think it was because they played well that they got a draw. I think it was because Liverpool played badly. Yeah, I, this is
1: the thing. I, I That team, being a team that's able to unlock teams that put 11 men behind the ball that's that's the final boss in terms of becoming an absolutely complete football team for me because I've seen loads of Liverpool teams it's like you become a counter-attacking team and then you become a possession-based team and then you learn how to beat that mm. and that's like the final the final form and obviously we're not quite there in that but it's tough to know in it because the, the amount of people who just had bad games or are or off the boil I think the substitutions are interesting Ben because I didn't feel like the substitutions made the kind of tangible impact that they should have done I think a lot of that stands to how we actually played football mm. moving Trent into midfield sound do that bring Gomez on it right back do that but don't bring Gomez on it right back and then play the ball to him 40 yards deep of the touchline Mm-hmm. Like, as a flat ball behind him or that player to him so he's static let him play some war passes let him get on the charge down the outside that's how he looked so good against Crystal Palace mm-hmm. You know, the, the other week he was a breath of fresh air but instead we just were, we brought new players on to do the same shit Knock it side to side while they were all compactly, you know, kind of laid out
2: inside the eighteen yard box. No none of the substitutions what I'm saying brought any kind of fresh ideas to the party. No, no, and and that's something that Harvey Elliott in particular has been really good at doing this yeah. season, but again, like against against their game plan I think it was and better players you know it's it, it's it's going to be tough for them to do that and you can't expect them to do it every week um you know I I, I, I didn't I couldn't quite figure out at one point what exactly we were doing it looked like we'd gone 424 briefly yeah, and then 442 and Jones was popping up on the left and you know I couldn't it took me a while to try and figure it out because Jones I think you know for what for what he is now what what i perceive him to be you know I, I wouldn't necessarily have thought it was the right game for him yesterday because it, what what i find him is very good at doing is managing a game and keeping all the possession and and Doing the simple things right, mm. and when you push it for a goal, I, d- I just don't see Curtis Jones at the time midfield midfielder tends to bring like four on. Four
3: years, but you've seen with
2: the ball out of Curtis Jones, yeah, and then we put him yeah. on left wing when we yeah, chase yeah, the goal. Yeah. Um, the
3: options on the bench weren't great. No, no, team. no. His exactly kid's it. left after that, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: yeah, it was, yeah. yeah. Um, so, so yeah, Stoke on the bench. Sorry. No, no. basically Gakpo, Elliot.
3: Jones and Gomez were the four players that were going to be used. Bradley,
0: McConnell and Kwanzaa left on the bench after our changes. And two keepers. And two keepers, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, yeah, frustrating one, but... I, I I said after about twenty minutes on the watch long and there might be a wider conversation about Darwin Nunes at some point, so they don't want to the gun on this too much, but it didn't feel like a Nunes game, even early doors, because no. there was just no space in behind, and that's where we know he likes to operate. I think Nunes of earlier on this season, who was doing a lot of the link up play and the hold up the ball a little bit better than, than previously, would have been fine, but the minute he's not doing that very well either, it just felt like more of a gakpo occasion. And I don't want to sort of dig him out too much, Darwin, because there have been improvements in his game, absolutely no doubt about it since he joined the football club anyway but I don't know it's just games like yesterday where you look at him and look what he offers the team if he's not scoring and there's also the added frustration in being offside all the time and he stops to try and win that penalty there's all these little things that just sort of build up he gets booked in the first half for kicking the ball away as well and when you are in a goal drought like you mentioned there's 10 goal, ten game goal drought now rather and he's doing all this as well you are looking at him going I'm not entirely sure what you're bringing at the
1: minute for me him and, and we had the chat we were sat in a week ago saying we were having the Harvey Elliott conversation but like there's a there's a Darwin Nunes conversation as well. Oh, yeah. I don't think he, I don't think Nunes or Sabreslie have been good enough form to to justify them starting that game of football. Mm-hmm. And I maybe there's just something to just play them through. And I and I, I do think Sabreslie being so tall actually helps them sometimes as well. You know, what I mean just having another guy when they've got a bunch of big players on the big players on the pitch. It maybe helps. They think that'll help us. I'll keep us tight to the back and set pieces or whatever. But. I'd have started Gappo and Elliot in that one because that was the game that was the game for them. Sub is, is in crap form. And I know we, we had this a bit of an argument on well, not argument but disagreement on this last week. He scores against Sheffield United, but Sabozlash has been very average for a number of weeks for us now. And Elliot's looked a real bright spark. And then what? Now we're in the situation where we're back to having the conversation around Arsenal. Does Elliot start Arsenal and we'll all go back? But, oh, I'm not sure because now he's had a, a not a pretty indifferent substitute appearance between now and no. then the Gapo one the central one Nunes is well out of form and that wasn't the game for him I don't know why they chose him over Gapo other than
3: it didn't make any sense to me especially when you know I think if you're going into the game and you're thinking, well, Trent's going to go and play the inverted role, then you're going to have four men in the middle, then Gakpo's an extra body in there and maybe makes it compact. But when you, when you know you're going into the game and Trent isn't going into the middle, which must have been the plan, having Gakpo drop in to be that fourth man yeah. would have made it much more simple for us. It gets... It gets. Lewis Diaz more central get him running get in get more well. central exactly, exactly. so that's the, the, that's the thing that sort of baffled me after the game it was like well if you know that Trent's playing on the right and you're going to keep him on the right why did you go with Nunes can and I an alternative so you know that Manchester United are going to play a, a deep line and yeah. a low block then the space isn't there to be honest with you I started the Nunes conversation fucking three weeks ago on this podcast mm. maybe longer like he's been shite yeah like, and I said to you at the time when we were leaving the game, I like, am all for supporting a player, I like, can scream his name. I'd rather scream it when he's scoring goals, and he ain't scoring it's goals. Telling
1: that there's been that the chance of Nunes have been far so that, in recent yeah. games. All right, mate, great. Nunes, 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 go and score a fucking goal will you, mate, and then we'll chant your name again. It's, um, but the Gapo thing, we do this. And Gapo, when you play Gapo in the 90s, gonna drop deep. You know, we could just say to him, don't,
0: <laughs>
3: players
1: and yeah. nine mate, actually hold the ball up on the edge of the box instead mm. and look to bring people in, because again, we're, we're bringing Salah Central to do that, we're pinging it to his feet and asking to get people off, him. it didn't quite work out, we, we clearly were looking for a bit more of that, but I think by that point you've got Curtis, Kers- again Curtis Jones is playing left, Gapo's playing on the right, has he even done that for us before, if, if it is, it's minutes, not games, um, yeah, just just... Because G- G- yeah, Gakpo's a- goals, like in the seven, you know, okay, one's cutting in from the left-hand side, but the other one is a what we would see almost as an archetypal Darwin Nunes. It's you know, it's over the top, it's bought, it's into the box, thinking the keeper. That's a number nine's goal. Mm.
3: Yeah, yeah Gakpo can play whichever way he wants to play. My my point about him dropping in was about if you know Trent's not there, get your fourth body. Oh god, yeah, because yeah, I think yeah. I think Liverpool struggled to play through them centrally because they were a man down to what they've been playing with for the last. yeah yeah. Say, and he's but, just, yeah.
2: he's just more quaint in that way as well he's he's yeah, i feel like his his touch and his and his ball control and his shielding of the ball it's just it, it, it's easier on the eye than darwin for starters which I, you know it doesn't necessarily matter but you know it, it feels like he's always got it under more control and i just trust him more in the tight spaces personally i just i just mm. feel i just feel like you know when, when you've got Varane, I, I i think that players like Veran and Evans i think that they, they they i think darwin is a lot more predictable for them in in situations like yesterday where they're sitting deep and they just want to stay compact. I think Darwin, I think having seen the team sheet, they'll have preferred to have seen Darwin over 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 Gakpo because I just I just think that they know what he's going to do. They know that he's going to be offside half the time, yeah. which is my biggest gripe with him. That is my that is, it's the most irritating thing because it just halts all momentum. You can complete, you can have the ball for, for for two or three minutes. You can be building, you can feel like you can be really building up to something, and then he will just kill it by with a silly offside. They're not even tight half the time that, yeah. that he's, and that's so. So Did you know see that. the
3: one where he was in their half and I think it was Kanate hoofed the ball down? Yeah, the pitch. I was in the
2: anfield road, so I can never read I can't you know I don't I don't really can't Death see the deception yeah. but yeah
3: I, he was he was he basically just didn't just didn't go back to our half and he's he's flipping on Kanate. I'm thinking make an effort to get on sides. Mm. Like I know Kanate shouldn't play the pass. Blindingly obvious that because he's 40 yards offside. Mm. But also why are you there? Mm. Why mm. didn't you just come back? Yeah.
0: He's quicker than most as well. So he doesn't need to be offside. Not just right. yesterday. He right. just in generally speaking, he doesn't need yeah, to be well, offside. We, forever, all the time. We, we say this forever.
1: We say yeah. this with countless strikers, and not just Liverpool players. It's like a, it's a thing, isn't it? Some players just get caught offside more, and it's a mm. just. Are they just a bit dim?
2: If they change this offside rule to this Wenger rule that they're on about, where yeah. any part of the player is onside is onside, it's a completely different story. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. It's a, it's, it's, it, he will, he will become <laughs> what, the world's best strikers <laughs> overnight by yeah. simply having the benefit of the doubt more is, often. Is this
1: up there with like, you know, with like Man United had to buy like three players to unlock Paul Pogba? Yes, yeah, we, we yeah, literally, we, we needed to, need to, need to change the offside
2: rule to unlock Bigger goals as well, so Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Goalkeeper, so. <laughs> yeah, well, he's, uh, he's struggling. His knee really is. So that's what I, I my, my point on the Gakpo thing was. If they're playing Nunez because they want someone to play like Darwin Nunez plays, I'd rather them just play Gapo and tell him to play a bit more like Nunez at the moment than have Darwin do it. Gapo
3: scores his goals from number nine positions anyway. It's just that he he drops deep, doesn't he, to to be involved in the play and then he he swivels and gets in. You know, he ends up in the same positions as Jota. So yeah, take take the points. It's absolutely spot on, Paul. It It was just a bit baffling to me. It's like, I know you can't compare football to football manager like, but you know when you're in a bad rut in football manager and you just change the formation, that kind of felt like what we did in the second half Klopp, every, every substitution he's made, we had a conversation about it on the way to the match this season, he's been so much better and last season with his substitutions but it felt like we kind of because of the limitations on the squad yesterday mm. the personnel that was available to us Gakpo on the right has he done that before? Yeah, I it feel. seemed a bit nuts to me and listen, I know about Salah's M product, you don't need to tell me about it, but he was arse yesterday, and yeah. I don't know how he d- he stayed on the field, mm-hmm. to be quite honest mm-hmm. with you. And it, and it, it is just, as a, the only thing I can think is, his reputation kept him on the oh, field. La- and, la- well, that's, and that's yeah. not right. And
1: to the point, because ultimately everyone else is crap, and... Who else was there? You know what I mean. Yeah. You're right. You take Diaz Diaz keep... was
3: playing well.
1: I mean, I, I thought Diaz was playing well, but then I watched the highlights back, and we get the ball, we attack in six, in, on about the 65th minute, and Diaz does that thing where you go, oh shit, here we go again, and he, does, he like, you know, you like, you go. <sighs> and you start to like accelerate really slowly towards an attacking situation, and I was like, "That's what they'll have seen in him." And they'll, tired, they'll have looked man. at him and gone, "That nah, he's, he's, he's his race he is won." That. And that's the thing, you know. We forget this sometimes because we're all myopically. It's this game. It's got to be this game. We've put all our hopes and dreams. And look, a lot of us are probably set ourselves up for failure in, in, in the build up to this and look I was confident I'm not going to say I, I can't go back and say I wasn't confident about this because I was beating them in this game but again it's the whole banter side of a lot of people I saw going it's going to be 8-0 it's going to be 9-0 because if we can beat them 7-0 we were crap and we're better than them it never works like that because it, it rubber bands because again Ten Hag's team selection is as much as circumstantial as a reaction to that Pep Guardiola changed how he played at Anfield off the back of getting smacked a couple of times. Mm. Like, well, I won't be doing, I won't be doing that again. So, um, yeah, ultimately, I'm, I'm deeply frustrated and annoyed by it. But goes back to the substitution thing is Klopp's now managing an intense period of games, and as much as we always go, is he giving it up or whatever? there's just like it's the sports science isn't there it? and it's like mm. someone goes yeah this is this is it he's not he's not playing any more minutes now by all means run him into the red but you're gonna run him into the red for Manchester United and fuck him so he's not playing West Ham or or Arsenal which are actually the games
3: that matter more mm. not to us you it's know, a bit mad it? after a week off though yeah that you done on you cooked on 60. Mm. Mm. yeah but it's but it, yeah. it is it, like and, and, and listen, I've, I've spoken to people as well this already today you've gone like fucking hell we're just so much better when we play twice a week yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know yeah, what yeah, I mean and, yeah. and that might feed into it and stuff like that as well it's frustrating man that's what it comes down to we didn't take our chances yeah so back to second um, yeah I mean I guess more
1: riding on the Arsenal game now Chris so again I'm not I think we said it when we were driving in I was like again I'm weirdly not kind of that it's fine if you told me we had to beat Arsenal in that game to be top of the league I, yeah I, I can make me peace with that um, it will add some extra spice to it I think us being a, a bit of the underdogs for in it probably suits where we're at in our development to some extent as well we're clearly not ready to be a team that goes in front and stays in front because if we were we would be you know I don't
3: know um, it's a difficult one I think regardless Arsenal are going to come and play Aren't they? And and that probably bodes well for us because Mm. if we get into a basketball style game with Arsenal at Anfield, I can only see one result. And I think the crowd gets a lot more into it. I think, you know, there's I've seen loads of people talking about the crowd. Yes, they for for what it's worth, from where I was, it was fucking superb.
1: Can I just highlight actually where
3: the super chat about that from uh, the normal one who says. what the heck was that atmosphere about yesterday? I've seen so many people say this. Where I was, I didn't stop sing- singing for ninety yeah, minutes, mate. I, I, yeah. I, you know, Ben, you were in the alley road then so yeah. maybe had a different experience. I, it was,
2: it was. I thought it was good to start with. I mean, you know, I think, I think Gary Neville mentioned it, didn't he? And mm. and um, and we we will we will later in one of the I don't know is this show or little shows we'll we'll come on to the bell end of the week. Um, <laughs> but Gary Neville um, mentioned it in his either in the either coverage or his podcast that goes out on YouTube and I think I think those quotes have circulated almost to give to give all those people who say the Anfield atmosphere is a myth they've now got that validation from somebody like Gary Neville to go yes say yes exactly so I think that is part of it and then that becomes from our fans or, you know oh maybe fear's fear's being confirmed i was in, i was yeah i was in the upper Annie. i was in au6 which um you know i would say for like half of the rows they were sat down but towards the back like you sometimes get with towards the back of the cop and you know and more definitely more centrally everybody stood up for 90 minutes i stood up for the first half and then my dad who was a few rows behind me doesn't like sitting down so he found a few seats further forward and i sat for the second i can take all leave standing up at the match to be honest like if, I, if i'm in a seat where i stood up i enjoy it yeah. um but but you know i'm not i'm not gonna die on the hill so but i will sing and i will stand up if if required yeah. um so 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 overall i think i think that the to answer the question I suppose overall is the atmosphere in the Upper Annie was good for the first 20 like it was for probably three quarters of the ground the cop is different the cop is still different it's always going to be different and then I think as the game went on there was frustrations there was anxieties and it just it just flattened a bit and it didn't help that we had the the away fans right there who were growing in confidence themselves the further the game went on
1: yeah Um, I um, I I it was electric to start with, mm-hmm. as it always is, and particularly because of how strongly Liverpool started and how fast they started. And it felt like their goal is going to chuck one in here because mm-hmm. we're just on on top of them. And I, and I, again, it's how the game goes. We've had this before. It's different playing Manchester City than it is when it was playing like Chelsea for example like under Mourinho. so I remember the 13-14 season we had Man City it was one of the best atmospheres of our experience and we beat them and then you obviously have the infamous Chelsea game that follows and the difference is normally what we do is we sing songs and then if you lose possession you boo until you get possession back well you can't do that when the other team doesn't have the football so you've just got to constantly cycle through your songs and we've also got that weird thing where we actually haven't got loads of songs at the moment which sounds like an excuse but the best of the in recent years half of the players on the on the pitch had a, a song that we were all totally bought into so we were dying to go through mm-hmm. now it's like a half-hearted version of Alley, which we should really be keeping for Europe so there's always a little bit of a sense of that. You belt, you belt, Scouser Tommy out and after people. You know, it's never. I haven't heard Scouser Tommy go well in like the time I've sat on the cop. So that's a that's a thing, isn't it? And then again, you haven't even got that respite of you boo until you're ready to sing another song, and then you belt out another chorus or something, and then it becomes this perpetual thing. And then in addition, it goes back to United's tactics, which is what, what where they got it spot on. That's how you quiet in the crowd. You frustrate the crowd. We did get a bit tetchy, so that did kind of alter things a little bit but it had its, it had its peaks it's not like it died and stayed dead there was a, some nice little peaks of Righteous Fury in there that I think got the, got the team up and stuff but then the crowd does so much it's then on the players. As someone, it was ready to be lit. Yeah. If we banged one in, that the roof would have absolutely come mm-hmm. off it. So I agree. I've seen this thing. It become, it's becoming a narrative. We discussed it about a month ago. Mm-hmm. And I don't think the atmosphere has been brilliant, but I also we haven't had loads of big games at Anfield in that time either. And I, I, you know, I've, now, I've, I've subsequently been abroad a few times and seen how other fans do it. And I'm envious of people who can go to the game and sing and chant and bang drums all game
3: long, but that's not how English football is. So... But there was still a period, certainly in the second half, when it wasn't going our way, when uh, Come All Ye Faithful was sung for mm. 10 minutes straight. I didn't hear that. Right, well, that that, that just that got loud from, right. from where we were. I was right at the back of the cockpit, mm. and that was at the most frustrating point of the game, where yeah. it was probably around the time where Edel's going to you... We're not scoring in yeah, this game. Will yeah, stop yeah. speaking on the watch along. Yeah, um, and yeah, didn't say the word. T- Twelve minutes to go. Um, I didn't say another word to them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, but th- th- there was a good ten minute period where it was like we tried the Liverpool chance We tried the Liverpool challenge, and nothing was sticking because of what you were saying about the, the the songs that we've got available to us at the moment. And that one stuck, and everyone and the and the people in three hundred five mm. just went right. Well, we'll just keep going because I can hear this. And all that type mm. of stuff. So I, I completely disagree with the fact that you know what people have been saying online about the Anfield amphi- amphi- atmosphere being shit. Where I was, it was as good as it you know as it normally is for those games. Obviously, goals make a difference, yeah. and you do need the team to 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 light that sort the, of spark. The Gary Neville thing
1: as well is that dead right. He's so, he he presents himself as this like <laughs> sort of bipartisan fan, and yet also he's the most partisan. Dear, dearly clings on to the United thing as well. But then he still he, he presents himself like I'm. I'm gonna just tell I'm gonna tell you this fact about yeah. football. And even though he, I think he actually genuinely believes it, and that's what my issue with him is. that, like Jamie Carragher knows what he's doing. He'll, he'll go. He'll he knows to play his breads butter. Then he'll he'll play the game. I don't think Gary. I think Gary Neville tries to play the game at times. But a lot of the time, he's just a dead biased man, and he can't get away from that. That's why. And I know so many manks Like my uncle's not coming to um, to Boxing Day dinner this year. with the United fan because of a falling out on on uh, WhatsApp with my dad and my uncles over some f- absolute nonsense to do with the football and the fact that United aren't great and I'm sure he just can't be out. He can't bring himself to be around us in this sort of spell. But he's—they've got. You can't talk. Scouts and monks can't have conversations around football around each other because we're so biased against each other club. So Gary Neville, any opportunity for him to spin the narrative to a positive thing and actually, if you can't do that, do something to dig Liverpool out a little bit. I'll well, get, the headline maybe. was that's
3: the worst atmosphere I've ever heard at Anfield. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it tells you all you need to know.
1: Yeah, yeah, bollocks that like. Um, we had some super chats. Um, Joseph- I've been
3: there when they have beaten us, right, and it's been much worse. <laughs> yeah. uh,
1: Joseph Clark says, I think there's been an overreaction from the media and our fan base. Uh, can't fault the commitment slash mentality. Just need some composure. Um, yeah, I think there's has been a bit of an overreaction to it. And again, it depends. I think a lot of people it did set themselves up for a 4 And it goes yeah. back to, I think, you know, it's like all the United fans who looked at where, where they finished in the league and where Liverpool finished in the league will have thought that this season was going to go much more in their favour as a result. Lots of Liverpool fans who saw the 7-0 would have thought that's us beating Man United by five or more goals every mm-hmm. time we play them mm-hmm. now. That's not how football works either. So I think there is a little bit of that. But again, and I don't disagree with the end thing, if our players were just a little bit better, we'd probably would have got a little bit more out of it. But it's not a baby out with the
0: bathwater kind of situation. It's just asking your really good footballers to get back to being really good again. No, no, far from it, yeah. And it's not a catastrophe, is it? But I think so much of it was the fact they have been in the doldrums and they've been so good to laugh at in recent weeks and throughout the season, really, because their form's just been diabolical. And we, you know, whether it's by hook or by crook, a little bit of good fortune potentially along the way, but we are, you know, in a title race. So I think we expected to just put them to the sword and it'd be relatively straightforward. I think realistically, the talk of eight and the nine was a little bit... (laughs) sort of dream world I would say so probably Um, (laughs) we beat
1: Crystal Palace 9-0 and that was like well that's it we've beaten Palace forever football isn't
0: linear linear. it just doesn't work like that as we've now (laughs) seen you know what I mean so yeah I think that was part of it but we did definitely expect it relatively straightforward and listen it could well have been straightforward if, if our lads our key players who so often step up to the plate certainly big games had have showed that composure that little bit of quality in the final third especially early on when we were at their throat in the first 20 minutes no, they were fragile so nobody can tell me that if we'd have scored once maybe twice in the first 20 minutes half yeah, an hour that could have they, been they five and six yeah, they, they could have crumbled they'd fallen yeah.
3: apart at one yeah.
0: and the fans you yeah. mentioned there the fans grew in confidence the players did as well because all of a sudden it gets to half an hour and we haven't yeah. gone one two up and they're thinking tell you what gets to 45 minutes and so on and so on so yeah you're right by the way it's not a catastrophe we need to do look at the bigger picture a little bit but it was also very disappointing yeah and I'd also look at the way they set up they had better they had
1: good they didn't have decent players, you know, they had pace on the flanks. I know Hoyland's not score for them, but that was that was a thing that was also hanging over the game. And I think Liverpool actually they did restrict them. So, you know, I've seen other teams with worse players than that on the pitch come and play similar thing, but often more going the other way. I mean, he yeah,
3: had one shot on target, and you know, mm-hmm. Allison makes
1: a really good save from yeah. Ireland, right into the meat of the keeper. That isn't the, it? The, the, other,
3: the other thing, apart from the fact that we've dropped two points, the other big thing that's pissed me off after the game is if we'd have won that. No, it, yes, actually, <laughs> uh, that's a close third. <laughs> um, it's not being able to take the piss out of Anthony anymore for for the ball out of play because I would have just gone on endlessly about that that was the worst dummy I've ever seen in my entire what was he thinking he's the right winger he stepped over the ball and there was no one within 50 yards of him like if we'd have won that would have been on repeat in my yeah. house forever
1: yeah he, it might be that he's fucking rubbish yeah. definitely he just, that he's just rubbish and that's, that's absolute
2: me. snip at 80
1: million British, British pounds left. <laughs> um <laughs> Carl G 1997 says uh, we've been due a bad result uh, to be honest, poor for a while. Yeah,
3: I mean it's we- good that our bad results are dropped. Yeah, yes, improvements. Yes,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, and, and I, I, I agree with that. I'd be interested to see what happens in the coming games. So obviously, West Ham Cup game, you know, kind of one off. Four goes on the window. Hey, why not? Um, <laughs> you know, but we, you know, we've got you know Arsenal at home with a, a, a really important, like yeah. re- loads of stakes on that game. Burnley I know it's Burnley but it's you know they're they're the football playing side to come we've gone through this like period of three teams three consecutive bus parked games of football so as much as it it feels like because we myopically watch Liverpool is that Liverpool have been a bit poor again I would say to be a bit lazy, fair on it, it is hard to to win games comfortably against teams that do that. It's you need luck or magic, and eventually, ours. When you go to the well enough times, eventually you kind of mm. run out on that. So it'll be interesting to see what what comes of Liverpool after this. But I don't disagree. I mean, I, that's the point is that it's a week there where we've lost and drawn, so it feels like mm. it's loads more. What is in reality, it was a dead rubber, rubber. We put we put the kid kids out in midweek, and then. Man United, Manchester United were forced to come to Anfield and play effectively three defensive
2: midfielders in front of a back four to to try and not get battered. Yeah. And it is I've seen us lose that game. Like traditionally against United, I mean particularly away, but like there have been there have been occasions at home where I've just seen us lose that game so yeah. many times against United. But well, I'm not even, I'm even, seen even us the the lose that game to walk. fucking
1: Stoke, Ben. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that yeah, layout yeah, yeah, yeah. of football yeah. match to yeah. Stoke. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. that was Manchester United doing it. And I said, I said this, I, I don't know if I put it on Twitter, so maybe I stop myself because I just couldn't be hmm. asked. But like. Imagine if Stoke had had Raphael Varane, <laughs> how fucking yeah. hard that would have been. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's yeah. just yeah. yeah. Or, or the guy who got the golden gloves in the Champions League, mm. you know, he's garbage mm. like, butter uh, You know all those things. Um, right, we've got a couple more before we take a break. Um, Regan, what so was like in the six? Question mark. Strength, speed, athleticism. I mean, feels like we need to get him, get him, getting him, get him further up
2: the pitch. I don't, don't I don't know what at the moment what Endo is doing to to sort of deter anybody. I I, th- I thought he was one of our better players yesterday. Yeah, I thought he was really good and we've actually actually not mentioned him but I think there was one in that period where it had become a bit more open where really strong tackle on our uh, right hand side coming towards me right hand side sort of on the halfway line really strong tackle I think it might have been on Luke Shaw Um, you know to win the ball comes away with the ball you know doesn't just knock it out for a throw-in or, or the, you know, that's not the result of the chance. He stands up, comes away with the ball, drives on. You know, and, and look, maybe he's not the most complete number six that we'll we'll yeah. ever see in a Liverpool shirt. But at the moment, like, you know, it's becoming a bit more of a prominent thing, actually, because he's about to leave for the Asian Cup, yeah. uh, Japan's captain. And as he continues to play in the team, actually, you know, I know we're losing Salah and we're not losing as many to AFCON than we have Traditionally, but um, but you know he he at the moment I think in terms of that position out of the three midfielders I I don't see yeah I've been I've been
1: a little little, probably a little that's disrespectful is not quite the word I'm just not I'm just not absolutely enthused over him no I think he's fine and I agree I think that was a good I thought that was a really good performance from him in terms of all the things that everyone thinks a number six should be doing I think he did you know he went and won the ball back Mm -hmm. he was physical he was strong he was a nuisance I'm absolutely made up with Mm -hmm. all of that but then I watch the Arsenal game and I see Declan Rice go past two men and fucking stride into the box and you're like they're the levels we're aspiring to and we are we're playing the game with a guy who is he is what he is he's a limited he's a limited footballer there might yet be more to come but I'll be like, I feel like I'll be pleasantly surprised more than I'm expecting him to kind of...
2: But I'm not sure, to level. answer the question, I'm not sure Sir Bozla is the answer to that, no, personally. Because, no, no. Like, you know, really, you're going to limit him there. Maybe he's got better passing, maybe he's, maybe maybe he's you know, from the quarterback sense, like Fabinho has done for us previously, but I don't think in terms of the the energy and stuff, I think you better serve I, with him further. I had my
1: first, like, thought that today of, like... Imagine if we just still had Jordan Henderson. Now I don't think we actually own Endo. If we if we keep Henderson, I think we might have done something differently there. But I'd have I'd have loved you know you bring Jordan Henderson on in the six in that game. You know what I mean to freshen things up. Maybe. Maybe. What's you know what else? What else well, just just one
2: of him and Fabinho, yeah. Like, yeah. You know, But 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 this is the, the, this is the conversation. This is always going to come up once we started a change, to have a, yeah. once we'd started to have yeah. feel like we were having a bit of a dip. For it's all been quite quiet on these two yeah, for n- until now. But, um, but uh, Knight asked
1: uh, what are your thoughts on Nunes recently? We've obviously covered that already, so thank you so much for your comment, mate. Uh, and AJ says off topic. Uh, Mourinho's comments made me laugh on a podcast when asked who will win the league. He said City fifty percent, Liverpool forty nine percent And Arsenal, nah.
3: (laughs) Yeah, it must be Villa, the other 1%. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah, League abandons, that's what it would be. Okay, cool. Very short break from us. When we return, uh, we're going to talk Kenny and West Ham. Hey everyone, we're deep into December. Our competition special is well underway, but don't worry if you haven't joined up as a legendary subscriber on Redmen Plus yet. Don't worry, you can do now and there's still plenty of amazing stuff to be given away. Like this, a signed Dirkite Liverpool 2007 home shirt. We've got the grand prize of a 22 Liverpool home shirt signed by Ibu Kanati, and we've even got a signed goalie glove by former Liverpool goalkeeper Chris Kirkland as well as a whole home of other amazing stuff. So plenty of goods up for grabs. Head to redmenplus.com. Get your name in the hat by joining as a legend tier subscriber.
0: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
1: Yes, welcome back. Uh, let's move things forward. Kenny um has been given the Lifetime Achievement Award, uh, the Sports Personality of the Year Award, which is Tuesday. Um, that's going to be happening. Spoilers. Uh, yeah, I know. I, I did find <laughs> that a bit strange. I saw, I saw like Klopp was doing a video for him. I like, have I have I missed this? Normally, there's—I I don't normally care, but there's normally a little bit more of a fanfare around it being on. But no, it, it's like been told ahead of time. Can I just say nothing better than having going to an award ceremony knowing ahead of time that you're mm. going to win an award—the best type of awards <laughs> to go to. None mm. like of this sitting there waiting and crossing your fingers and having to psychologically prepare yourself for two possible outcomes. Um, so yeah, good on. I mean, just uh, just briefly on Kenny Chris. I mean we're not going to add anything new to the, to the the praise that should be heaped upon Kenny on a daily basis but legendary footballer legendary manager and ultimately legendary human being as well
3: and that is the final one that you know mm. I think he's been given the award for more than anything isn't it obviously you can talk there's loads of good footballers out there there's loads of good managers there's not many that are been given the lifetime achievement award and what sets him apart is the person that he is mm. Yeah,
1: yeah, 100% on that. Um, yeah, I mean, it's one of them where our era of, of football was. I caught the very, very, very tail end of his of his career, but he was really more manager than player at that point. Well, I'm a month um,
3: older, so I saw, saw a month more. <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh, yeah, it was good in that month
3: as well. Except exactly. with You should have seen Kenny <laughs> in his <one> mom ball <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you wouldn't believe <laughs> it. Back
0: in Christmas
1: Day. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, you know, again he leaves Liverpool when we're like eight. You might have been depending on I think of the time of year you might have been nine. Um the um, <laughs> yeah and and obviously yeah, what we all know, and it's one of the things that's mentioned in the BBC article around him is how he conducted himself post Hillsborough mm-hmm. disaster. He was effectively a shoulder of support for so many bereaved families, which you talk about this, it goes Everyone above and beyond. Them. Yeah, it goes above and beyond. Uh, it goes above and beyond what you'd ever think about you know, expect from footballers. Um so yeah, absolutely absolutely brilliant human being. Um right, we'll move things on again then. West Ham, League Cup quarterfinals, Ben Kelly
3: mm. is
2: is this more or less important off the back of the Manchester United game? That's a very big question. Um, I think it is less important. I'm in that Ooh. camp. I think I would, if I was given the chance now, I, not that I ever want to, but if if we went out on Wednesday but won on Saturday, I would take that deal personally
3: okay so you can go into both games and win both games I
2: can do that yeah I would, you want, could I would go love in, you, to do you that you could
3: no no no, no, no. Yeah. Like, these are your options okay. take your chance yeah. or lose the midweek game but you win the league game. you're picking that
2: guaranteed I'm, I think I'm picking that yeah and, and, and only because I just see now it is tough but I, I think with the way with the opportunity to put as many points on the board ahead of City as we can particularly while they're in Saudi Arabia um, and, you know, games in hands are one thing, but points on the board are another. And to, I, I think to beat Arsenal would be a bigger statement than to have beaten United would have been. Mm. Um, and I, 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 I'd be interested to hear other people's opinions because I, I, do you think that the result yesterday affects the team that he puts out on Wednesday now, or do you think that? The, we, the, the plan will I think the he same. knows
3: what the team is for Wednesday and knows what it is for Saturday, Saturday. yeah I don't think that no. changes no. necessarily no. Dan what would you do if you could have you could go into both and yeah. not know the results or um, you could take the league win and, and lose the midweek I'm taking chances
0: mm. I, th- I, think, I think we need a win to be honest, I think on the back of on two not wins, albeit one a dead rubber, um, I think we need to win a game of football, certainly at Anfield, because that breeds confidence going into the weekend as well. I think if suddenly you're three games removed from winning a game, that's not great for a start. And I just also like the, the league sort of title race is one thing, and obviously it's a huge thing, of course it is, but I think getting something on the board in terms of trophies as well, early on the season, can sort of kickstart what is then the business end of the campaign. So, yeah, I'd be all in the camp, And the League Cup's opened up nicely for us as well, yeah. really, in terms mm. of the teams left in. Obviously, City out of it and stuff like that. So, yeah, I would... I mean, you want to win every single game of football you possibly can, and I take the point, and, you know, it's it's a perfectly fine point of view to have, but I'd be going all out for both of these. I'd take what my chances. I, it's, for, it's
1: like... The reason I put the question in is almost because I wanted to know what you guys felt about, the, about about like whether it's more or less important because, I mean, let's, this might be the record for the latest we've ever almost written off the League Cup. You know, I've mm. gone, well, we could do with not having that because we've got to focus on it. We've got a league title to win. I still don't feel like, because I don't feel like we're, we're ready to win the league, even though mm-hmm. we're there and by all accounts, mm-hmm. if we just carry on doing what we're doing, we'll be right in the conversation by the end of the season. I don't think we can afford to turn our nose up at the chance of winning no. fair the silverware yet and I think this team there's young players in this team the new ones we bought mainly need to know what it feels like to win a trophy for Liverpool because you know like Salah might move on in the summer and Van Dyke's another year older, and you know, does Allison? What, what happens with Allison over the next coming years? We we don't sort of know. And then those like season pros, I think the ones that stand us apart from Arsenal, they've not got loads of time in them. So you need to jumpstart the other lads, the new signings, as much as as quickly as you can. Um, now I'm not, you know, again, we're not. Doing an open-top bus tour for the League Cup, it is very much. It's a starter, isn't it? It's an amuse-bouche. You know, you need to have it in accompaniment with something else. Um, so yeah, I would be. I would be all for keeping our options open. It's bread with a soup.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah, you know, it, it adds to it's the. Good. It adds. It adds. Yeah, it's good. Bread. Bit it makes bread a, Bit of people. People scoffle bread and butter. Bread and butter's good you know cups of Liverpool's bread and butter you I can mean, just find mm-hmm. a way to win them you know if we come away from a season where we've managed to win some a couple of, a couple of trophies or even a trophy it's a better season than not because we could still find because if City get their act together at any point I still think they're better than us and Arsenal mm-hmm. and there's the nothing we can do about that because we just might not be capable of putting down a 15-16 game win streak let alone unbeaten streak Um so yeah, I think safeguard your future as much as possible. So I would be, ta- I'd be spinning. I'd be saying, try and win uh, both. And just the last, lastly on this is because I think where we've fallen down in the last few weeks, I think we've been rotating to make sure we've got all these as many plates spinning as possible. But we're about to reach a period where I think Klopp goes back to Klopp yeah, and asks the lads to hurt and the best way to do it now, Arsenal haven't got a game midweek, so there's no there's no team you can put out for that West Ham game that isn't going to mean that it hurts, Arsenal hurts at the weekend physically, mm. so just turn around to the lads and go, right, come on, this is it now. You're all you're all ready to go. We're all just gonna fucking get in on this. Yeah,
3: one. I I this I I am tempted by it. If you change Shit, the question, no, no, I won't. I didn't take a draw before City. <laughs> I wanted to spin before City, didn't I? Yeah, I would not didn't, accept wouldn't. accept a fucking draw away at City. Yeah. I was like, no, if Liverpool got a chance to win. I'm fucking taking it. So that stands. But if you'd ask me now, the league, uh, the FA Cup game in the league. And you, you can obviously there's, mm. that's a different thing altogether, like mm. you know what I mean because we're too, we're too close. I think Liverpool can beat West Ham and I think Liverpool can beat Arsenal as well yeah. that's the other the, that's the other part of it mm. with both games being Anfield, I trust that Liverpool can do both, so I'd never settle for just one win in them.
1: yeah we can block we can we can put our strongest team out next week against Arsenal with a week off and still lose, because Arsenal are a really good team, and, and, and we talked about the quarter-final, I mean, look, just to go first, for people who aren't familiar with it, because we've had a bit of like, who's still left in this, so Ever- it's Everton, Fulham, Tuesday night, and Port Vale, Middlesbrough, and then the Wednesday games, sorry, the, oh, and also tomorrow, sorry, Chelsea, Newcastle, and then us West Ham follows on the Wednesday, mm. so, like, Chelsea and Newcastle, they're the two teams you want to avoid, so
3: and one play, of them's going out. Play alongside this, sign your kids the next round, it's fine. Well Well, this is
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's um I yeah, just if we were looking at this from the league. What I'm aware of
2: is that West Ham are playing their strongest eleven. Like West Ham are in the mix for a trophy now. So then so so I'm interested to know what team people think he's gonna play because West Ham are coming to win. West Ham will be recognising that True. we've got a full well at, we've got Arsenal at the weekend. They've just beaten Tottenham away, having gone one nil down. I know Tottenham have got injuries, but that's you know that's no mean feat. They are a bit random, but you know, they battered Wolves at the weekend. Can I um, offer you can... something to change your mind? Absolutely. Would you mind just bringing
3: that those teams back I'm up? Always, for I'm me? always open to yeah. show negotiation on these no, things. You've lost it, I've I've lost it. Sure. Okay. okay. So bear in mind here that Everton are the form team mm-hmm. out of these Can you put them back on the screen for us, Joe? Everton, Fulham, Chelsea, Newcastle, both you know, Newcastle's horrendous injury. If Liverpool go out, who stop Everton win the competition?
2: Hmm. Hmm. Newcastle.
3: You hope. Would you um, like to take that risk?
2: Uh, I think Newcastle would be Everton over two legs or over one leg at Wembley. Yes. Okay, so you're no. not
3: worried about Everton winning a trophy because we went out. Uh, I mean, so West, West Ham, West Ham might have West Ham, actually. Yes. West Ham yeah. might yeah, Everton yeah, yeah. losing yeah. in a League Cup final to David, David Moyes' yeah. West Ham, oh, yeah. give the it. reigning Conference League holders. I tell you what's better. Everton losing to Liverpool in the final oh mm-hmm. yeah, oh, yeah. 100%. so let's let's, yeah. let's just not take that off the table mm-hmm. I'm that's all I'm a, saying
2: I'm up league. for a
1: January two-legged semi-final against the Ev that would be <gasps> that would be good fun Yeah, that. yeah. Um, yeah. so yeah look I, I, this is the problem is the, the, the league thing I don't I know we get really sort of lost on it and I totally agree with this idea of yeah, let's go for it. Let's go for it. I, um, if you look at it, just look at it one game at a time. I think we'd, be, we'd have been going into this game regardless. going, right, it's a, it's a good opportunity to get progress in a competition.
2: But yeah, when you start to go like we can guarantee a win and go top for Christmas, that yeah. does because it's it's, it. it's it's not having the points in the back. If we win yesterday, and then I'm I'm almost happy. If, I'm happy to take the draw against the Arsenal because then we're still top you know what I mean like, it's, mm. It's, mm. it's the same four points but, either way, but because we don't have the points in the bag you're then going well if we'd won yesterday you then go right well, let's go for it West Ham because they, you know we can afford to draw on Saturday mm. in, in theory um, you know you want to beat them at home because you've still got to go because we play Arsenal as well I think the first weekend of February so yeah, yeah. we do play them three times in a relatively short yeah. space of time and then we can f- just forget about them um, take but the that's... two league
3: wins and give them the
2: FA Cup then yeah, let's yeah. do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Though, that sounds yeah. like a good deal for me. Yeah, yeah I'm sure they'll, I'm sure they'll go along with
1: that. Hundred <laughs> 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 percent. Um, yeah. Yeah. on the phone. Thanks for texting. Yeah, hundred yeah, uh, percent. Right, cool. Um, yeah, what do you think on that? What deal would you be taking? Would you be dealing with the devil? Would you be leaving it to the hands of fate slash, you know, the 11 lads that are going to take to the field like always? Um, let us know in the comments section uh, underneath on that if you would be so kind. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, don't forget to drop a like. And if you've got more from us, we're carrying on. We're going to be doing the Bias Football podcast when we talk about the other fixtures that took place this weekend. Um... Which is always very interesting indeed. So yeah, come and join us on RedmanPlus. for that one. Uh, and other than that, we will return with more content later on in the week. Of course, with West Ham. It's a very very short much. Because <laughs> to you wanted to go home away, really. um, so um, there we go. There you go. <laughs> Chris wants to get off. So if you're not happy with having a shorter podcast, got plans, and someone put it in the
3: diary <laughs> that we're working late three weeks ago. Uh, right, see you all very soon. That. Bye.